A brand new president. Mina Kimes has the best luck ever, and we're down to four in the NFL. A brand new air attack starts right now. And it is official. We have a brand new president, a brand new first lady, a brand new vice president. It's all very exciting. Watching the sports world slobber over these two already. I know everyone's life is different now. It's all better. Can't you feel how better it is? Can't you feel the healing? The healing's there, isn't it? Well, if you don't feel the healing, there's something wrong with you because it's the, it's the greatest day ever. You're not getting promoted sucking up to Joe Biden, okay? A beat writer in Iowa. My God, knock it off. People are embarrassing yourselves. Anyway, no Cardi B at the inauguration either. I was surprised. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I, I heard about J-Lo. I know Lady Gaga showed up looking like a typical Hollywood drug addict from the 80s. And no Cardi B. Why wasn't Cardi B invited to sing WAP? I don't get it. I mean, if she can tell us who to vote for, she wait, she can't even do the, thing, the one thing she's actually good at? Well, not the one thing. I, I hear she's good at two or three other things also. But the one thing she's famous for right now, she's not allowed to do that at the inauguration. I thought her and Joe Biden were good friends. So uh, Trump takes off early in the morning. No interest in meeting with the Bidens. Don't blame him. First of all, the Bidens don't need a tour of the White House. That's self-explanatory. That, that, that's, that's first of all. But second of all, I'm not hanging out with somebody who called me and my voters a white supremacist for the last five years. You can say it wasn't him. Bullshit. It's him. It's him. It's the guy he used to work for. It's the guy that Trump beat. It's all of them. We all know that. So you want to call me a white supremacist and a Nazi? I'm not hanging out and doing photo ops with you. Forget it. You know what? Here's the keys. Here's the remote. It's over here. Here's your little note. You can show people if you want to. I don't really care. And fuck off. I'm going to Florida. And I, that's exactly what he did. I do not blame him whatsoever. No way. I mean, it was like last week he was getting up there. Biden was getting up there last week and talking about murderous thugs taking over the Capitol and blaming Trump for it. You got to be fucking kidding me. And the new thing to blame people for with the Capitol riot, since the whole coup insurrection thing was obviously stupid as hell, is a few members of Congress, Democrats, of course, are claiming they now have COVID. And they're claiming they got it from Republicans who refuse to wear masks, which would make sense if the Republicans also had COVID, which there's no record of whatsoever. So either they're not testing members of Congress on a regular basis, which sounds kind of bizarre to me in this day and age, or the guys they claim gave them COVID didn't give them COVID, which means they don't have COVID at all or they got it somewhere else. But that's okay. We'll just move on to the inauguration and no one will really ask questions because when you question anything these days, there's something wrong with you and you're a conspiracy theorist or a white supremacist or all of the above. And that's just how it works right now. Um, we will get to that Met story in a little while, the Mina Kimes controversy, which to me is drop dead obvious as usual. But if you question these things, you get attacked. And that's fine. I don't care. I'm, I'm perfectly fine getting attacked when I know that I'm right, which is most times because otherwise I don't open my mouth. Um, Championship Sunday also. Patrick Mahomes' health is up in the air. Never mind the concussion, the toe people. Once again, you get very easily distracted. Remember the toe, okay? He had a bad toe right before he got knocked into next week in that game. So we'll talk about that. There was an issue with John Calipari and his team kneeling for the national anthem. I did not catch this, uh, but apparently the kids from Kentucky, because they watch TV, wanted to kneel. And apparently the fan base of Kentucky was not really for that. I don't have to get into why that's going to be a problem or be an issue. But the bottom line, guys, is once again, it comes down to one thing. Colin Kaepernick. People are tired of Colin Kaepernick. Okay? At least half of America is. And a lot of that, that half of America lives in Kentucky. So John Calipari goes back and forth saying, well, you know, maybe it wasn't a good idea for these kids to do that. And, of course, there's backlash for that. Then he comes up and says, well, I support my players. The bottom line is this was never a problem before people started doing this shit. You are, you, you are getting to a point now where you have 18 and 19-year-old kids 
telling a coach how, how he's going to run his program. And a lot of them aren't even going to be there more than a year or two. That's how far out of hand this has gotten. They watch LeBron. They watch Malcolm Jenkins and the waterworks during the summertime because Malcolm Jenkins can scream and yell at Drew Brees in public. And he can get Drew Brees to grovel and apologize. We have now gotten to the point where a lot of players who, now maybe they would have been one and done if the team wasn't terrible this year, and Kentucky can't even get themselves to 500. But these guys would have been there one, maybe two years at the most, and they're going to tell the coach how to do his job. You know what? If I'm a college hoops coach, you only got a few guys in the roster anyway. Hey, listen, guys, you're here to play basketball. You're not going to kneel during the anthem. You're not going to wear social justice messages on your mask. You're not going to post a bunch of crazy shit on Twitter or on Instagram or Facebook. And by the way, follow me on Twitter at BCAK the Man, and follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. But you're here, you're playing hoops, and if you don't like it, you are more than welcome to leave. And that's just how it's got to be. It's not going to get any better until a college coach does that. We saw a little preview of that over the summer, right, with some of the college football programs. Florida State, Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard basically hijacked the whole program. Kids threatening not to play because real change is needed right now, whatever it is. Hey, listen, this has to be dealt with during the recruiting process where basically a coach says, you can talk to me about whatever you want, but you go public and try to wreck my program and try to make a name for yourself and try to flex on me, you're gone. There's not even going to be a conversation. You are just gone. You talk to me or you leave. That's it. But to go ahead and basically kneel during the National Anthem midseason because you want to all pretend like you're just appalled by what happened at the Capitol, which is a joke, by the way, but that's okay. They're young kids. They're impressionable. They see Kyrie Irving not playing. Why should they play? Why should they not have a say in what goes on? At least we're here playing, but we're going to kneel before the National Anthem. We're going to do what Kaepernick did. We're heroes now. You know what? You got to deal with this in the recruiting process and make it clear to the guys you are here to play ball. You're going to get treated like gold. You will be big men on campus, literally and figuratively. A lot of you will go on to play professional ball. And if you get a few bucks in your pocket while you're here, well, I just have no idea what that's about. I have no idea what that guy from Nike's doing over here. I have no, no clue. But that envelope looks pretty fat. You might as well put it in your pocket. But one thing you're not going to do is kneel during the anthem or make a fool out of me or piss off the people that pay my salary and that give you this great life. That's just not going to happen. That might not be the easiest message to convey to a 17 or 18-year-old kid, but it's a, it's a message that does have to get across. Bottom line. They're having a tough enough year over there at Kentucky. They really are. They don't need this shit. And I'm not some. I'm not here to be some apologist for John Calipari, but it's getting to be ridiculous when you're letting teenagers tell you how you're going to run your program. I mean, has it even occurred to you that if these kids had their way, they'd only be at Kentucky for a year or two anyway? And the coach is just supposed to let them wreck shit during their short stay on campus? That is absolutely laughable. Bottom line. Another bad breakup story from Hollywood. This one is Army Hammer famous actor. Couldn't tell you what he's in. I know I've seen things with him. Just couldn't tell you what they are. Dates a girl last year for what looks like two months. He's in the process of getting divorced. He has a couple kids, a wife I've never heard of. Dates a girl from Texas who refers to herself as a fashion entrepreneur. Don't know what she does. I don't know. If she, what it's like, That usually means in like 90% of these cases that her father has a lot of money. Anyway, dates her for a few weeks. She comes out with a story now because I guess she's bored and wants money. And she accuses Army Hammer of being a closet cannibal. I'm not kidding. She actually said this. Also said he sucked the life out of her. She gave everything she could. You know, goes on and on to talk about how he basically dominated her entire life and she just couldn't get away. They dated for two months. And it's, it's not like she accuses him of kidnapping her. She accuses him of dating her. And somehow during the time that they dated, he just ruined her life. I finally figured out when this is going to stop. Because I've kind of been in situations like this myself. Where when you break up with a girl and she's not happy about it and she's going to do everything she can to sort of 
let's just say, tarnish your name. Having dirt on her is not going to do you any good, especially when you're a famous actor. That's not going to that's not going to do you any good. But if you can get dirt on her friends and her family, I promise you that works. I'll give you three guesses how I know that. So the girl wants to go ahead and talk all kinds of shit, make up rumors, spread lies about you. No problem. She's got a brother who got out of jail five months early because he's working with the cops. You might want to remind her of that. Got a best friend who's a school teacher who just happens to enjoy doing a little blow on the weekends. Yeah, might want to bring it up. Might want to slide it into a conversation when you're trying to reason with these girls. The bottom line is being reasonable is not going to work. But if they think they might start losing people around them by popping off at the mouth, then maybe it'll stop. The real problem, as usual, is the audience. It's just like with politics, there's a big market for stupidity in this country. And instead of people asking themselves logical questions about what they're reading or about what they're hearing, they just sort of gobble it up because, hey, it's a salacious story about someone who's famous. The guy's got a better life than I do. Here's some fucked up you know, accusation about the guy. Ah, you know what? Instead of actually thinking it through, isn't it a lot more fun to just sort of give into it? It's, it's a lot more fun to imagine Army Hammer's a cannibal who ruins women's lives than to just say, hey, listen, this girl hardly knew him, right? And that's what happens. And people just gobble it up. And that brings us to this Jared Porter story. Jared Porter was hired by the Mets last month to be their new general manager. Remember, they got Steve Cohen to buy the team. Big shot Wall Street guy. Everything's looking up for the Mets. And then, bam, this story breaks on ESPN a couple days ago. The guy had sent dozens of inappropriate text messages to a female reporter, which culminated in him showing pictures of his junk, basically. It was like pictures of a restaurant. Come meet me. I think I just saw you. You're so beautiful. Here's a picture of a bulge in my pants. And then, bam, penis. Right there. Last picture, penis. Sends it to her in 2017. We just hear about it now. He gets fired quick and clean. Steve Cohen does the right thing. Talks to the guy. Jared Porter makes it easy on Steve Cohen. Says, yep, I sent them. Okay. Steve Cohen says, all right, you know what? Thank you very much. I appreciate your honesty. Get the fuck out of here. That way there's no room for protest. There's no room for ambiguity. I did this quickly. I did this cleanly. I did this as efficiently as possible. And we move on. But then the question becomes, if you had these text messages in 2017... And if this behavior is so inappropriate, which clearly it is, and if this is something that is shocking to women, something that is disturbing to women, something that is abusive to women, why on earth did it take until January 2021 for the text messages to surface? Mina Kimes, of course, has this covered already in her bullshit article where she says the victim didn't want to come forward because she was a journalist. She's from another country, and in her country, they drag your name through the mud if you're part of any kind of sexual scandal. She was afraid of reprisal within the, within the profession, and she was a- afraid of blowback in her home country. Here's why that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and is total bullshit. We have no idea who the woman is. We didn't know who she was back then. We don't know who she is now. So how would she be involved in any kind of scandal... And how would she suffer any type of repercussions for speaking up if we don't even know who she is? And I don't want to know who she is. I think she deserves to remain anonymous. But apparently she showed these messages to someone in 2017. That person leaked them to ESPN, which is going to be Mina Kimes. You can say it's Mina Kimes and Jeff Passan, but Jeff Passan wrote a glowing review of Jared Porter as recently as December. Now, why on earth would he have done that if he knew about these messages? So Mina Kimes holds on to this stuff since 2017. But she's part of the women in sports crowd who want to tell you how difficult it is for women in sports and how difficult the world is for women in general. And she's all too happy to share her woke point of view whenever you ask for it or really whenever you don't ask for it. 
What is she saying if she's holding on to this stuff since 2017 and allowing Jared Porter to continue building a career and building a resume in Major League Baseball? She never gave MLB a heads up, never gave the Mets a heads up, let the Mets go through the entire hiring process. You'll never hear it from Steve Cohen, but there's no way he's not livid with her. And she's going to present this story as if she's some kind of hero. And we all know what this is going to be. This is going to be everyone look at Mina and look how she's making the world a better place. But if you're making the world a better place by getting this guy out of baseball, why on earth did you allow him to stay in baseball for the past three plus years while you held on to this secret? Because that's not really your concern. Your concern is furthering your own career as usual. Okay, and that's usually how it works. And I don't want to get into a whole discussion about woke politics and how it's all bullshit while people try to get on their high horse and cover for their own horrible behavior. Okay, and go ahead and, and basically clutch pearls and act like somehow they're on the moral high ground of everything just because they scream racist, they scream sexist, they scream white supremacist, transphobia, homophobia. Justin Thomas just, lo just lost the endorsement that he had with Polo for I don't even know how long, probably since he's been pro. Because he used what I like to call the other F word when he missed the putt in Hawaii. That's it. Bang. Ralph Lauren drops him. Got to get in your high horse. Got to be morally superior. Make your clothes in a third world country with child labor? No big deal. We're standing up to homophobia. Anyway, Mia Kimes is trying to act like she's holier than thou. The bottom line is this only became a story because Jared Porter got hired by the Mets. It wasn't going to do much for Mina Kimes' career back then to go ahead and tell you about this scout for the Cubs. But a general manager, one of 32 MLB general managers, bang, that's a story. And that's why it's coming out right now. And if you're going to go babble on and on about how horrible this behavior is, and the behavior is horrible, but if I have to listen to you tell me how horrible the behavior is and how women go through this kind of stuff every day, bottom line is this, you could have put a stop to this guy behaving like this if he's treating other women like this and you chose not to. You chose to turn him loose on the rest of the world for three plus years. And spare me the bullshit about protecting your source. And Jeff Passan was trying to do damage control all day yesterday with this nonsense. Protecting your source how? We don't know who the source is. The source is still anonymous. Okay? This is pure comedy out of you two. And the minute I question the sincerity of these two reporters, you got other reporters and other guys from the media just jumping to their defense. Like, hey, listen, they put their bullshit explanation out there. That's the explanation because God, for God forbid other media members actually question these two. They work for ESPN. Got to be nice to them. If you suck up en enough, maybe you'll be one of the people that can go to work for ESPN and then get laid off when Disney wants to make more money. I mean, it's ridiculous. The story makes no sense. I'm not doubting that it happened. I'm not doubting that Jared Porter did all this stuff. He admitted he did it. That's the easy part. I'm not doubting any of that. I'm not doubting that what he did was wrong. What he did was completely out of line. It was ridiculous. He got fired. Of course he got fired. He was going to get fired. He deserved to get fired. That's not up for debate. I mean, just because I'm questioning the two reporters and their motives, what that means, I'm, I'm okay with Jared Porter's behavior? Of course I'm not. And there were people who tried to conflate the two, people who tried to confuse the whole conversation because that's what they do. Because God forbid I question somebody that they bought into, well, gee, I must be a monster then. And that's their only defense mechanism. Oh, gee, what, you support this behavior? When did I say I support sending unsolicited dick pictures to a stranger? When did I once say anything like that? Because I question the motives of reporters. Mina Kimes and Jeff Passan did this for themselves. They didn't do it for this lady. They didn't do it for any other ladies because if they were doing it for other ladies, they would have done it 38, 39 months ago when they first had the story. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's not misogyny. That's common sense. 
And if you got a problem with common sense, well, then guess what? You have the problem, not me. Sorry. Not the first time Mina Kimes has done something goofy for attention. And if you don't understand that, well, maybe, do, maybe check out these people that you're glorifying before you give me a hard time. My God, some of you are so pathetic. I mean, you just, you want to be the knight in shining armor so badly because inside you know what a horrible human being you are. You can't help yourselves. The foolishness. My God. NFL playoffs as we get to wild card weekend. Um, let's just go game by game from last week. The Packers 32-18 over the Rams. Rams moved the ball a little bit here. I ended up, I mean, I tried to like the Rams. I really tried to like the Rams in every single way. But when it became clear that Goff was not 100%, and you knew he wasn't 100% because his coach was basically talking about John Wolford maybe playing. I don't know if that was gamesmanship or what. I didn't really love the way Sean McVay acted. Anyway, you knew there was something wrong with Jared Goff to begin with because he's got pins in his thumb. But when Cooper Cup clearly was a question mark going into Saturday, you knew that even if he played, he wasn't going to be that good. And when you take Cooper Cup out of that offense, the offense just isn't very good. Packers had a week off. Horrible weather at Lambeau. I mean, everything was just adding up to the Packers having better field position all day. And Jared Goff was able to pass on this on this defense for the Packers. They were able to move the ball a little bit for a time. And then they got behind, and basically it was over. Green Bay pounds the ball down their throat. Green Bay looked very good. Green Bay has not played a lot of good defenses all year. And you could have made a case that the Rams defense was going to be a shock to the system for Aaron Rodgers and, and this whole team. Maybe they catch him napping after a week off. Not the case. They are a fine-tuned machine on offense. And they get the win. They will now host the, the Bucks. Let's face it, guys. Some of the football was fun to watch this weekend, and some of it was just plain ugly, and that's what you got from the Saints. Four turnovers, that's it. It's a playoff game. You made four turnovers. I don't need to give you more than that. You want to give Drew Brees a hard time? Deservedly so. But remember something. The first interception was as bad as any of them. It was terrible. The second and third interceptions from Drew Brees probably don't happen if not for that Jared Cook fumble. That Cook fumble was the worst play of the game. And once again, this town and this team are just completely snake-bitten. They cannot catch a break. And this time it was their own fault. It wasn't, you know, this wasn't the refs. This wasn't some crazy bounce that gets uh, Stephon Diggs going and, and, you know, charging off to the end zone as time expires. It wasn't any of that. This was them. But when Jared Cook makes that fumble, it's a third down conversion. They're crossing midfield. They've got a seven-point lead. They're going to score again. They're going to be up at least 10 after that possession starting to grind the clock down. Now now Brady has to go into press mode a little bit. Very good chance the second and third interceptions never happen. Instead, he fumbles. You give the Bucks a 40-yard field. They cash it in again. A lot of short fields in this game for the Bucks. Now it's a tie game, and it's all different. You could make a case that Jameis Winston should have been put in the game for Drew Brees because Drew just can't get the ball down the field. In fact, he didn't have one pass, not one, with more than 20 air yards on it on Sunday. We're talking about a game being played in a dome. With Michael Thomas there. Traquan Smith was back. Cook the tight end. These guys are all good pass catchers. They really are. Not one pass had more than 20 air yards. The Saints had one pass like that. Jameis Winston threw it. And you could have made a case that Jameis Winston should have come in there and tried to lead some kind of comeback. There's no way Sean Payton was going to do that to his boy, knowing that it very well could have been his swan song. It just wasn't going to happen. That's the conflict you have when these guys stick around a little too long. So for the Saints, this season began with Drew Brees and Malcolm Jenkins going back and forth. And it ends with more drama tied to Drew Brees. Not saying that Sean Payton would have put Jameis Winston in there, but there's just no way he could have given, this, given the situation. No Taysom Hill in there. Hey, you know what? The, the Saints played a game with basically no running backs. They had one running back with Ty Montgomery. The Saints are able to make adjustments. All year they've done that. They went into Chicago with hardly any wide receivers. Michael Thomas hardly played all year. Thomas, Smith, and, and Cook have been in the field. Or, I'm sorry, Thomas, uh, Smith, and Sanders probably only played two or three games 
with all of them in the lineup before this game on Sunday. They should have been able to, to be okay on offense, and really they were. Just turnovers. You can't make turnovers. I'm sorry. You can't just... And, and these the, the interceptions from Drew Brees, one was as bad as the next. It was just terrible. He's so hell-bent on getting rid of the football, not because there were guys in his face. I think the Bucks only hit him one time, but because he can't get the ball down the field. And it's not fair. I'm sorry. I know. Listen, he's a good guy. He's, he did not deserve what Maria Taylor and Malcolm Jenkins did to him in the spring and the, the summer. He that, that was absolutely, totally uncalled for what they did to him. And he never should have apologized because he never said anything wrong to begin with. He's, he's, he's been great for that community, helped rebuild that city after, after Katrina, and for, and for people of all colors, all races, all shapes, all sizes. He's been a good guy over there. But man, did he put his team in a tough position the other day. Again, though, Jared Cook doesn't fumble. It never comes to any of that. In the AFC, Saturday night, Bills and Ravens. Now, I had said last week I would be on the Ravens. It's a teaser leg unless it snowed. I jumped off because of, because of the bad weather. I did. Didn't exactly snow during the game as much as you might have thought it would. I jumped off and, went and took the Packers. Took them and put them with the, with the Browns on the next day. So that, I was okay. The Ravens teaser leg should have won. I mean, let's face it. You have a 10-3 game. Lamar Jackson is driving. First drive of the second half. Then throws a 101-yard interception. 17-3. That's how the game ends. Let's just call it what it was, people. Bad football. It was bad coaching. Yeah, the Ravens come in there with a plan where they want to run the football. Okay, you want to run, you want to run. Great. But where have we seen this before with Greg Roman? I got a running quarterback. I'm just going to run, 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 run. Hey, listen, man. They, once, they, once you realize the Bills have made an adjustment and they're playing zone defense so that you can't stretch them out and then let their, let their quarterback run for 25 yards, you've got to do something differently. The Colts, with Phillip Rivers throwing from, from basically his elbow, picked this Bills defense apart just the week before. I know there was wind. I'm not asking you to heave the ball 35 yards down the field. I'm talking about 7, 8, 10 yards, 12 yards. You could have picked that Bills defense apart. You just didn't want to. You wanted to run. You wanted to make a point. More pigheadedness from a Harbaugh run team. In this case, it's, it's John Harbaugh. Refused to get off their game plan. They were, ins they were insistent upon running the football. The Bills were insistent upon not letting them run the football. And the Ravens just never made an adjustment. And then when they got down by two scores, they forget it was over. Lamar Jackson had no confidence whatsoever. The Bills were onto something. They realized they put some pressure on him. He basically was just going to, I hate to say this, be kind of a deer in headlights again. Lamar Jackson needs a defense to be off balance. There was nothing about that Ravens game plan that was going to keep the Bills on their toes. Not at all. And that was just, I mean, it wasn't just Lamar. Josh Allen did not have a very good day. He had bad snaps left and right. False start on top of false start on top of false start. I think, I think the Bills had three of them in a row at one point. Or I'm sorry, the Ravens had three of them in a row at one point. Just not a good football game. I know there was bad weather. There, there, you know what? There have been a lot of games played in bad weather this year. The teams were much better than that. And as soon as Lamar throws that 101-yard pick six, all of a sudden the conversation shifts back to how great Josh Allen is. Wait a second. Just because the game's now out of hand and Lamar you know, had one bad throw here, we're going to talk about how great. That didn't make Josh Allen any better. What are, you, what are you guys talking about? Give me a break. Nice story for the Bills. Real nice story for the Bills. I get it. Okay, it's been a long time. It, it's great to see fans in the building. Those guys are loud, too. And the women, too. Guys and girls. I should give them credit up there. They, they all love the Bills up there. Man, did they make a lot of noise. Nice story. That was not a good football game. Going to have to be a lot better to win this Sunday. The Chiefs and Browns, you can go a lot of different directions here. The Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Browns defense has to be a lot better. It was a fun game, though. It was a good game to watch. It was entertaining. If you just go in with the knowledge that the Browns defense is one of the worst in football. It's gotten that bad. It's, it's down there with the Raiders or, 
or the Texans or some of these other teams. It's just that bad. They mixed it up a little bit in the second half. Okay, that was, you know, it was a little better. You had to get a little creative and send some guys into Mahomes' face. Otherwise, he's just going to pick you apart. You knew that. And for those of you saying, well, Mahomes got knocked out of the game, so yeah, you had your teaser with the Browns plus 16, but you lucked out. Did you forget about the fumble out of the end zone that cost the Browns seven points and where the Chiefs came down the field and kicked the field goal there? Very likely a 10-point swing. Why? Well, because if Higgins doesn't fumble the ball and he's down short of the goal line, the clock keeps running. And there's a chance that it takes a play or two to get into the end zone. And then guess what? The Chiefs don't kick a field goal at the end of the half. That right then and there is a 10-point swing. Kevin Stefanski didn't have his best game. I thought May Baker Mayfield played pretty well. Mahomes, it was really scary watching him leave the field. Really scary. And anybody, I, mean, I said when he left the game, I said, look, there's no way he's coming back. I was wrong. I'm not a doctor. Neither are you. Okay, Twitter, you're not doctors. It <laughs> turns out it was something in his neck. He's fine with concussion protocol, but everyone seems to have forgotten he had a problem with his foot. And if I'm looking at this game right now, the Chiefs and the Bills, I know the Bills can light it up. I know the Chiefs have their own problems on defense at times. I get it. I get it. That's why I like the Browns. I figured the Browns would move the ball against the Chiefs, and I was torn. Browns team total over 22.5, 23.5, or put them in a teaser plus 16. And I said to myself, well, you know what? If, I, if the Browns just get to 20-21, that means you know, Kansas City would have to score 38 to beat me. Do I think that's happening? I don't think that's happening because the Chiefs really don't do that this year. So I ended up making the, the, the Browns a teaser leg. That obviously worked out for me. But going in, I really thought the Browns would be able to move the football against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are a little, little bit vulnerable on defense. The bottom line is, if you look at the Bills' defense, the Bills' defense, when they face any kind of quality offense this year, has had major problems. If you look at the game they played at home against Seattle, if you look at the game they played at Arizona against the Cardinals, and they also had a game in Arizona against the Niners, those teams all move the football and move the football well against the Bills. The Chiefs already put up 400-plus yards. I think it was like 440 or 450 in offense on a rainy night in Buffalo a little bit earlier in the season. I think that game was in October. So when the Bills have played games in, in any kind of decent weather, and the weather could be bad in Kansas City on Sunday, definitely check out the weather there and check out the weather in Green Bay. But there's supposed to be some severe weather in both places, severe cold with a chance of precipitation. You're going to want to keep an eye on that if you're going to want to bet these games, especially if you're getting involved with totals or any kind of prop, any, any, sort, of, any sort of prop that involves offense, you know, uh, catches or, or, or yardage over or under. You want to check the weather because that, that, that all factors in. I promise you it does. If you don't understand that, don't bet. Please don't bet. But the Bills have not been able to stop a big-time offense all year. And if I knew Mahomes was going to be okay with that foot, and I knew the weather was going to be decent enough to throw the football in, I'd be on the Kansas City Chiefs already. I just don't know that yet. Remember something. You follow me on Twitter at BCAKTheMan. All the picks get posted every week. And if you've done that, I did have a losing week last week. One and two last week. I think I should have gone two and one because the Saints should have won that game. That was the second losing week I've had in the year. With those picks, the, fir the first one was Thanksgiving week. So you've done okay if you follow those picks, but they will be posted on my Twitter account. As for Green Bay and Tampa, I know the popular storyline, and it's misleading, which, hey, listen, storylines can be misleading. We just talked about a couple of them earlier in the show. The storyline that's being put out there is how good the Tampa defense was on Sunday. But were they really that good or were the Saints that bad? I mean, the Jared Cook fumble, yeah, someone had to knock that ball out, but Jared Cook had one hand on the ball there. There's no excuse for that guy. If he just puts two hands on the ball, he's tackled probably somewhere around the Tampa Bay 40. New Orleans scores again, and there's a good chance we're talking about Saints-Packers this weekend. We are. And as far as the three interceptions, it's not like these were big-time plays. This wasn't, this wasn't Deion Sanders out there, okay? This wasn't Troy Polamalu making these plays. These balls were thrown right to Tampa defensive backs, and in one case, one of their linebackers. 
This was not big-time defense by Tampa. The week before, Taylor Haneke picked that Tampa defense apart. Tampa has had an issue all year against, against big-time passing games. Now, the irony of that statement is the one time they played this year, they destroyed Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers was terrible, by far his worst game of the year, probably the worst game the Packers played all year. That was a long time ago, though. Green Bay is operating like a fine-tuned machine right now, and like I said, you're talking about horrible weather in Tampa. There are rumors that Vita Vea, the big run stuffer up front for the Bucs, might come back. He's back at practice, highly doubtful that he plays and is effective. Maybe they get him out there for a few snaps, but practicing and playing are two very different things. I think he went down in week five. It's been a while since he's been on a field. If Vita Vea was going to be there, maybe you could make a case that you know, the Packers have a hard time running the football, puts a little more pressure on Aaron Rodgers, known passing downs, et cetera, et cetera. The Packers were able to move the ball with ease against the Rams. They really were. And I promise you, cold weather or not, the Rams are a far better defense than the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I mean, it's not even close. Tampa Bay's defense might be a little overrated. That's neither here nor there. The Rams is probably the best defense in the NFL. And the Packers basically just did what they wanted against them. Now you're talking about Tampa going up there in their third straight road game, going into Lambeau Field with crappy weather, and you're a Florida team. I know it's a lot of cliches mixed in there, but I honestly think that makes a, a big, big difference, especially when you're going and facing a Green Bay team that's been sitting at home for three weeks. They've been sleeping in their own beds for three weeks straight, and Tampa's got to play their third straight road game. Never mind what happened back in week six, week seven, whatever that first game was. Don't worry about that. Things are different now. The Green Bay defense is much better. The Green Bay offense is much, much healthier. Okay, Lazard, I'm pretty sure, missed that first game in Tampa. Wouldn't have mattered anyway because Aaron Rodgers was terrible. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be terrible this week against the Bucs, and I'm pretty sure that's what it would take for Green Bay to lose that game. So give me the Packers minus four there. We'll see what happens with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and all that kind of stuff. Remember, you can check me out on Twitter at BCAK the man, and I will put stuff there. And that's not some kind of tease. If I really knew Patrick Mahomes was healthy right now, I'd go ahead and take the Chiefs as well. I just don't know that right now. And doing the show on Wednesday, I'm not going to make a pick if I don't know what's going on. That's just how it is. Enjoy Championship Sunday. I think one of the most fun days in sports. Hopefully, we've got some college hoops to lead up to it. I'm not sure about this year because college hoops kind of sucks and is very unpredictable because every one of these kids gets COVID at some point in the year. Anyway, neither here nor there. Enjoy Championship Sunday. Good luck with the Packers if you choose to go that way. And that is all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack and follow me on Twitter and SoundCloud at BCAK The Man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, The Air Attack with BC The Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with my man from Miami. Here's Lace. All right, all right. I am BC the man. I will see you guys next week on the Air Attack. Mistake. Ain't nothing fake in the morning we can fade And then we ride, you know we slide To the other side, all night we gon' vibe Go drink and smoke, so roll up I know you about that, so shout and turn up You got money, you make them big bucks On Instagram with your big buck, huh? I like the style, I like the style
make you smile Let's get wild for a while, maybe have a child high I'm just joking, smoking something potent Cause you know that getting to the money's more important You a boss girl, and I'm a boss too So let's do what we do and make the boss moves I got your number so I'ma call you And this is what I thought when I saw you I see you looking good girl I see you looking good girl I see you getting money girl I see you getting money girl I see you riding clean girl I see you riding clean girl Alright, 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 alright I see you looking good girl I see you looking good girl Like a queen, all about your green, every day pursue your dream. You bossed up, you laced out, cause you out here on the grind, doing what they ain't found. You ain't about no drama, ain't worry about these hoes. You laughing at these niggas, you focused on your goals. I N D E, girl, you independent. And my A305, girl, I represent it. You a hustler, I'm a hustler, thing in common. Let's get this money, I know you hear it calling. Dumb sucker haters, they fear to see us falling. They wanna see us falling, but they won't. Cause we can't, laugh it straight to the bank. After that, we blowing dank, so shout it what you think. You deserve a man, a man that understands. Step before this love, we gotta get them grants. Business before pleasure. Yeah, mama, do your thing, get more cheddar. Holla at your boy whenever. And this the last thing I had to tell ya. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. Alright, 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 alright. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. I see you looking good, girl. I see you 